Welcome to Spotlight Conversations with voice talent and DJ Donna Reed. Donna talks music and media from her sunny linoleum-free studio. Come on in. And thank you for joining me for another edition of Spotlight Conversations. Getting things back to normal, kind of, sort of. We've got a whole bunch of great episodes coming up before the end of the year. Um, First, I want to thank you, the listener, for being a part of the podcast for, geez, year and a half. A lot of downloads, a lot of comments. I thank you. You can go to my website, spotlightconversations.com, find out all the things you need to know. And you can follow me on Instagram at Spotlight Conversations or at Donna Reed VO. Today, my guest is, he's an icon in radio. I'm talking about Ron Parker. He is a radio personality at Sirius XM Radio. He also worked in Houston Radio, San Francisco Radio. We've got all kinds of radio stories to talk about today. At the very beginning, Ron, thank you for being a part of the podcast today. Donna, it is a pleasure talking with you. I've been looking forward to this for weeks now. Me too. You're at XM Sirius Radio. You're doing the 60s channel. Tell me a bit about that. 70s, mainly the 70s. But when they need me, I'm on the 60s too. I've been, uh, gosh, you know, now that I think about it, I've been there almost 14 years and I've done 50s, 60s, and 70s. Which is your favorite? I like 60s and 70s. The 50s is no longer um, voice tracked or DJed anymore. Right. So just the, uh, you know, I would love one day to do the 80s, you know. (laughs) Oh, I know. Speaking of which, the 40th anniversary of MTV, and I saw on social media, um, did you know all of the MTV VJs just before it launched? And what was that like? Well, I knew Martha Quinn very well. Mm -hmm. Did tons of promotions with her in the 80s at the start of MTV here in Houston at KKBQ 93Q79. We did a lot of stuff with her, became very friendly with her. Uh, Downtown Julie Brown came to see me in the 90s. Um, That was another picture I posted. I had done a stunt on KKBQ. Madonna was coming to town. This would have been her concert in either 1990 or 91. Okay. At the time, the radio station was located right across the parking lot from the summit, you know, a couple of hundred feet steps away. I know it well. I I offered Madonna a million dollars to give to her favorite charity if she came up and visited me before the show while I was on the air. And? She didn't show. What? (laughs) Of course not. But I had complete management approval to do this. Ah, Okay. That's what So I'm not crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it happened, it happened, you know? But I got a lot of press out of it. MTV got wind of it. And they came in that afternoon of the show to uh, come interview me on MTV. And they ran that bit like all week long. It was great. When they came and talked to you, did you also feel like MTV was going to be big? Um, Did radio feel the same way? Like, wow, this is going to be huge. We thought it would. Um, you know, by the time downtown Julie Brown came to see us in the 90s, you know, it was already 10 oh, years right. established. Yeah. Now, in the beginning, uh, I actually caught MTV on the first day. I was in a hotel room in Panama City Beach, Florida, and I was just scrolling across and I, and I go, what is this? You know, and 1981 and 82 were sort of the rebirth of top 40 radio again after the disco era had crashed Mm -hmm. and they played all these really new songs that we had just started playing on top 40 
Well, the great thing in Houston was in 1982, when we came on the air with KKBQ, there had not been a top 40 station in Houston playing top 40 music for almost two years. And so it was such new and a phenomenon. And, and so we took that music and ran with it. And we were actually giving MTV plugs, you know, when we would play, you know, like some of those songs that were high rotation on oh, MTV, yeah. like uh, Human League, Don't You Want Me Baby. You know, we, we might say things like, hey, as featured on MTV, we married with them as opposed to thinking like a lot of people did at the time, video killed the radio star. Yeah. <laughs> and I do want to say that video did not kill the radio star. Digital did. Ron Parker, spoken as a true genius of media. Um, what, when did the getting on the radio bug hit? Since I was a little kid listening to radio when I was living in the New York City area oh, okay. with, uh, with some big time AM booming radio stations, yep. I just, I got the bug, you know. And then uh, my family moved to Atlanta, Georgia in the 60s. Back then you needed an FCC third class license Ah, I have one of those somewhere. Okay, I so do. You know, I remember. Yep. All right, Donna, watch it. You're showing me your age. Okay, never mind, Ron. So um, I got my first job in radio, summer, on the air, between uh -huh. 10th and 11th grade in Atlanta, Georgia. And you had been listening to Cousin Brucey. You were talking about New York radio prior to that. So he influenced you, of course. And I got to work with them 50 years later. Oh, my God. That's so cool. That's so. I mean, that's just the amazing part about all this. When I actually got a job in New York City where I worked at WCBS FM yep. and I worked Brucey at Sirius XM. You see, stuff like that when it comes full circle, it's how can you describe it? Uh, well, I could use a word here, but I won't. <laughs> um, it was like orgasm. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You're using <laughs> it and it's fine. As I grew up in New York State in the Tri-Cities area. But up in upstate New York, Boom Boom Brannigan was the big on, DJ. On WPTR. PTR. But as a kid, uh, my brother and I used to just plant ourselves in front of the radio in the morning to see when the school closings would come. You're lucky you could get to talk with Cousin Brucey because I would like to talk to Boom Boom Brannigan and go, oh my God, I used to love listening to you. It was so you know, fun. I, did, I didn't find this out until years later when I was living and working in New York City in the... Um, 2007, uh -huh. uh, after I left the PD job at KLDE here in Houston, okay. and WCBS-FM came back on the airplane oldies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I ran into my great uncle, who was actually the manager of WPTR in Albany for a couple of years. And he asked me, first words out of his mouth, do you know Boom Boom Brannigan? I oh said, I don't know who he is, but I don't know him. But I thought that was kind of, why? how come I never knew that you were the GM there, you know? And and I well, just thought I'd throw that out there because he introduced me to rock and roll, Boom Boom did, for and, sure. Um, I could I can actually hear that radio station. Me too. Uh, it, when we were living in northern New Jersey, you could pick it up at night. So I, I'm familiar with them. I, I heard them. Uh, a couple of times. I believe that radio station is now a gospel radio station. Small world in radio. I'm looking at your bio, Ron Parker, and I see Program Director of the Year with Billboard Magazine. Of course, you were inducted into the Texas Radio Hall of Fame in 2016. A lot of accolades in your very long, illustrious career. What's been the highlight? 
Well, I love the fact that I got inducted into the Texas Radio Hall of Fame. And I also love the fact that I got honored to be inducted into the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame two years ago. That's where I got my start in radio and worked a lot of years there. Well, not a lot of years, but but I worked through high school and college. Yeah, yeah. In the peach state of uh, Georgia. And uh, by the time I graduated from college, um, I went to the University of Georgia. I'm a bulldog, devout football fan. You know, that was that that was the 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 takeoff of my career. I got to work at some big radio stations in Atlanta, and I appreciate those that gave me a chance that gave me a shot because back then I thought I stunk on the radio. <laughs> so did you when you were starting, did you have program direct I'm sure you didn't, but did you have program directors that sat down with you once a week, once a month and, and just pointed out what one needed to how you could improve? And did you use those same tactics when you became a program director i got some very valuable information uh i may not have sat with them i i know at one of the big stations in atlanta i worked at i would leave the program director a reel of tape from, <laughs> you know, okay. not a cassette not an eight track a reel of tape Dang. and um you know, I think one of the best advices, and I always get a lot of DJs doing this when I would critique them. One of the best advices I got is, hey, quit sounding like you're talking into a tape recorder. Hmm. And um, because, you know, what, what DJs would do is they would air check themselves. Yeah. And a lot of them would air check themselves every day. And that's when you turn into sounding like you're talking into a tape recorder. But do you feel like with talent, and there are some good talent out there, do they need that one-on-one -on -one with a program director just sitting down one-on-one -on -one and going, hey, you need to talk more about this. You need to, you know, kind of bring this down a little bit, whether internet or just the few standalone radio stations that are out there. Well, yeah, you, you just hit on some key points, Donna, about, you know, bring it up, bring it down, talk about this, don't do the weather every break, <laughs> you know. Um, and and I, I still get calls from a couple of people that said, man, I'm sure glad you talked to me. Uh, when you told me all this stuff, I thought you were full of BS. But now that I go back and think about it, you are absolutely correct in what you told me. And that makes me feel good you know, with their talent. And, and nothing's changed that much, you feel. I mean, it's still a medium that's very, it's very intimate. That feeling like you know the person on the other end. Well, I, I wish it was more of that because with a lot of this voice tracking that's going on where you're generic to 50 yeah. stations, you're you're not making the emotional connections that was once there. You, you need to be more of a friend. You need to do more than just, hey, that's Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett. Hey, right. I mean, podcasting, at least I feel like listeners who know you and your show, they're going to know a little bit more about you, hopefully, when all is said and done and they, they download the podcast. And I think that's true for a lot of other topics besides radio. I'm not experienced in podcasting enough yet, but I do believe that the podcasting does allow for an individual to express a lot of feelings and thoughts and uh, opinions, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um when you left terrestrial radio and went to XM, it was it a big transition for you personally? No, because I started at Sirius XM while I was on the radio. Oh, okay. Um, and um, 
So I went to New York City in 2007. I'd been a big satellite listener radio all the way back to the year 2000 when it first came out. I started with XM, but XM, uh, but Sirius was in New York City. So I went over there. And in addition to my job on WCBS FM in New York, I got a job on the 70s channel. So I was doing them both. So it wasn't leaving one and going to the other. And and that's the way it's pretty much uh, continued. Music today, what's your feeling about that? Uh, you know, I don't understand it. You've got a song this year that was number one on the charts for like 16 weeks. Um, it may be the longest song that was number one. It's Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. I don't understand the song, but 14-year-olds do. I mean, you you and I grew up on Top 40 radio. Their, their ratings in most big cities are abysmal. I mean, they're, they're just dismal, you know? Mm -hmm. It's ahead. just not mass appeal music like we used to have. Are you familiar with that song I just told you, Driver? No, I am not. Occasionally, I will listen to music. I have a few places I listen to music. So I'm, see, you're more hip than I, see, Ron Parker? I, well, I try to just keep up. Um, it's Yeah, absolutely. It's a business, and it's always been my hobby. I know the artist, I should say. Let me proceed up by saying I, I do yeah. know the artist. I have not heard this. Um, for me, Top 40, as you remember, it's got to be up. It's got to be groovy. It's got to be hip. You can dance to it. You can slow dance to it. And I don't hear that anymore. Do you listen to music a lot? I'm all over the place musically. Yeah. I can listen to jazz for a couple of hours. I love, personally, soul music. Yeah. I mean, is music a real big part of everything you do outside of the studio? Yeah, I do listen to music. I um, I recently, a year ago almost, subscribed to Spotify. You okay. Made, and I have made my own playlist of probably close to a thousand songs. Don't you love that? I'd love it. You know, and I'll, you know, it's on my phone, it's on my computer, but you know, if I'm going to go take a shower maybe i will punch up spotify on the phone bluetooth it to my bigger speaker take it in the bathroom and groove while i'm showering and donna it's all kinds of music it's just if i like the song uh it's a lot of oldies uh, -huh. uh it's a couple of currents it's got a couple of country songs in there yeah if i love it then it went on my list and uh you know, with a thousand songs, I'm not getting a, a, a large repeat rotation. I know you've probably interviewed a lot of celebrities, too. Who was your favorite? And then who was the one that you were like, she's not what I thought. He's not what I thought. <laughs> uh, you know, wow, that's a that's a tough question, because I I think for the most part, I loved them all, whether yeah. it was on whether it was Bon Jovi. I was just telling a friend of mine that in high school, working in radio, the first artist I ever interviewed, a very, very young man, very outspoken now, Ted Nugent, when he was with the Amboy Dukes. Yeah. How about recently? Oh, boy, recently. Well, you know, a lot of people ask me if I've ever interviewed the Beatles. Well, I... I have talked to Ringo, and I have talked to Paul, and they're fine. Uh, never did Harrison or, or John Lennon. Recently, oh gosh, 
That's a tough question. I can't remember. It actually may have been a country star because for a little time after, uh, before I left New York City, I was doing work for Nash FM in New York City, country station. Oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah. There were a couple country artists I talked to up there. Um, So that may have been, that may have been the last, may have been somebody like Luke Bryan, you know. Nice guy. I, I talked to Garth Brooks in the 90s. He was really nice. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people beyond just music artists. I just wrote a thing up the other day on Facebook, one of the best interviews I ever had in my life, because the man was so gracious, was Captain Kangaroo. What made him so gracious? It's, you know, here I am talking to a a childhood icon Mm -hmm. that I watched on TV when I was four years old. (laughs) I mean, I can't imagine. No, it's like this is too weird. But he was just very warm. Almost like a real Mr. Rogers. Yeah, and I, that's one of my favorite interviews. Um, I've talked to Robin Williams. He's a, He was a hoot. You know, some of the fun ones were like Cheech and Chong, uh, John Bon Jovi, Eddie Money. But back in the day, you must have done a lot of traveling. I mean, Chicago, Atlanta, Houston. No, you know, I think the career made sense to me. You know, I work around the Atlanta area where mm-hmm. I'm going to college. You know, I go work in the college city of Athens, Georgia. Halfway through college, I go back to, you know, while I'm still in college, I I work at the big Atlanta Top 40 station, WQXI. It was was like Donna, the WABC of the South. So I graduate from college, nothing full-time in Atlanta. I don't want to go back home. I I get a job, um, do an afternoon drive and music director at a top 40 station down in Tampa Bay, Florida. Okay. And that was cool. You know, I don't mind going to Tampa for the winter. I think I was there for seven years, briefly went to Miami, back to Tampa. And then we got the call to go to Houston in June of 82, June, July 82. All right. So you've worked with Bo Weaver probably and, uh, uh, now, well, we were, was leaving that station at the time because ah, okay. we were turning at top 40. Oh, he was a great guy. Yeah. Nice he um, was a big jock at KILT in their top 40 days. That's right. Bo was at KULF, 790 AM in Houston, which we took over and turned it full-blown teeny bop top 40, KKBQ AM, 79Q. Wow. In six months, we took that station from a point eight in the ratings to a 5.8 because because there was no top 40 in houston radio Mm -hmm. it was an exciting time of music all of a sudden with i love rock and roll freeze frame centerfold don't you want me baby eye of the tiger nobody was playing these songs in houston krbe at the time had given up the top 40 battle and gone adult contemporary Mm -hmm. and running astros baseball Hmm. so Within six months, they decided, you know, we better give you an FM station before somebody else does it. And they did. And now KKBQ continues on successfully as a country station. Yes, they do. They do. You know, and it has the heritage. And so, you know, I did, um, you know, Houston for a lot of years. And um, I went up to Dallas and programmed for the ABC Satellite Music Network. What was that like? Just to program. That was sort of a foray into the future of a lot of radio. Yeah, you know, yeah. 
And and that was fun because I did a uh, I was the program director of what was called a star station uh, format. And I had like 200 affiliates across America. And I could try and I heard from a lot of people that lived in these towns and, you know, some big markets, a lot of small markets, a lot of medium market size, you know, did that for over two years. And then I got a really nice call to come to KFRC in San Francisco. That's where one of the most successful runs I ever had. Different being from the East Coast than making that move to the West Coast. Yeah, and I it took me about a year to get used to it. The weather, but, the culture, what was the big culture and prices? Culture and prices. Prices. <laughs> Any earthquakes when you were out there? Yeah, I remember walking through the hall and I heard the CD skip. Yeah, I, I felt one <laughs> one time, and uh, I really loved the topography of the area. Yeah. Um, and I can't talk much about San Francisco today, but it was really a beautiful place when I lived there. And I had to think really long and hard in 2001, was actually driving across the Golden Gate Bridge, beautiful scenery, Mm -hmm. heading back home into Marin County. And I get a phone call from the general manager of KLDE. Hey, we're looking for a program director. Would you like to come back to Houston? (laughs) And I'm looking at the skyline of San Francisco. (laughs) And you said? Well, I said, he said, can you get me a package? And I and I sent it off. And things were starting to deteriorate at the station I was at in San Francisco. They had gotten rid of a great manager. Um, and I, I decided it was time for a change. And, and I got out of there at the right time because KFRC is non-existing and, and, and not playing oldies anymore. <sighs> it's, uh, it's the FM to their all-new station. You know, timing in radio, Donna, is everything. You it know? is. I'm talking to Ron Parker, Sirius XM Radio host, music phenomenon, knowledger oh. of, of all DJs that ever existed in the New York State area. <laughs> talking about... <laughs> you bring it back my childhood now. I'm like, oh... I'm, I'm, I don't know. There's a lot of legendary guys in the Big Apple. I'm just a small grain of sand, Donna. So what does Brucey, Cousin Brucey, do? Well, Brucey... Um, was at Sirius on the 60s channel. Yeah, I remember. And I, you know, finally approached him and told him who I was. And I said, well, you're not going to believe this, but we actually met in 1964. You came out to our junior high. (laughs) And and what do you say to that? I mean, what kind of guy is he like? Oh, he is so friendly. Oh, he is. He is a good ear, a good listener. Uh Makes you, he's your cousin. You know, in, I left New York. And I went to Chicago to work at WLS for a couple of years. Let me tell you something. I love the general manager, Tony LaRussa. Mm -hmm. When we were at KFRC in San Francisco, the AM station was the Oakland A's uh, franchise station for the Mm -hmm. A's when Tony was the manager then. Mm -hmm. So uh, became good friends with Tony, did a lot of promotions with him. Great baseball manager. So that was when Sirius started doing more of the remote because uh, I used to go into the studio and um, and do it. And um, at the time, 60s channel was not set up for that, but the 70s was. And because all the 70s DJs are all in different places. We got one in Boston, one in Miami, me in Houston, or as I say, South Texas. Um, <laughs> uh, we have one guy out in L.A., you know. 
and uh, so uh, the offices of Sirius in New York City really haven't been open since COVID, March of last year. So much has changed. I feel uh, my next question would be to ask you, what does the future hold for Ron Parker? And I'm thinking he should write a book because you've <laughs> seen so much from the high school years being influenced by Cousin Brucie to all the stations you you programmed and hosted at and where you are now. I mean, have you thought about that? I've had several people ask me, but I'm not so sure somebody out of the industry would want to read it. I, I don't know. I have to I have to come up with a real hook on it. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll call the book something like Request Line. Okay, that's this is the beginning. You heard it on Spotlight Conversations, Ron Parker. That is the name of his book that'll be forthcoming. Um, <laughs> New York Times bestseller. I'm just putting and, it out there. And, and wait till you see the movie request line. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all of, of the hosts up there at XM Sirius who would probably jump on that bandwagon right there. You know, I, I think the way to write a book, and I could be wrong. Here I am, a, a major in journalism. But I think most of the successful writers these days sort of have a co-writer with them, a ghost writer, you know? I, I know. But okay. Okay. So you write what you know, this radio, and you have a background in journalism? That's my major. Okay. So you have to write a book now. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, I majored in uh, journalism, radio, TV, film, uh, advertising, and PR, and mm -hmm. speech. Well, you're in the right field. I thought so. Ron, thank you for coming in today. I, I have loved this. It's It's been great. I've been a big fan of yours, but I know you personally. Thanks for taking the time to talk because this has been great. And I owe you a lunch. Yes. And we'll talk about your book. Okay. You'll write it for me. <laughs> I'll be a ghostwriter. Go for it. <laughs> You've been listening to Spotlight Conversations with Donna Reed. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcasts or your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in. 